Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is episode 183 of the Distraction Pieces podcast and the first episode, the first guest of the new year. Obviously the drunk cast hung over slightly, hung around longer than desired like the unwelcome guest at your at your New Year's Eve party. But thanks for coming back to us in the new year. It's great to have you all here. We've got an amazing guest to kick the year off. We've got, I mean, I've got a load pre-recorded, or I was recording a load at the end of last year, and I've got a load of guests lined up that are all just amazing. So this week's guest is Lena Heady, which is amazing. And then next week's guest is Paloma Faith. And yet, after that, we've got Gaz Khan, and I've got a load of other just amazing people lined up. So hell of a run of sh- of episodes for you here. But before we get into that, let's let's do some kind of some welcoming back in the new year. I hope you all had a good good New Year's Eve. I st- a lot of you all know New Year's Eve is one of my favourite days of the year, and I stay in normally on my own um, and watch a film and eat good food. The food was average this year. I always do a steak and some sides and that, and the sides I didn't really smash this year. But um, the film was great. I watched a film called A Brighter Summer, uh, which is yeah, it's really good. I really enjoyed it. And yeah, also I've been catching up on. I mean, over the Christmas period, I'm doing a lot of reading and a lot of watching of shows, and I've caught up on. I smashed the whole series of Ju- the Deuce D E U C E. Loved that. I finished off Punisher. Loved that. I smashed the whole season, the latest season of Peaky Blinders. Mind blowing. Obviously amazing. I've been. I've gone through Black M- Mirror. Wonderful as ever. So yeah, tons of good stuff. As ever, we're brought to you by Speech of Animal our records com, which is where we've got tons of merch and stuff and again another shout out just thank you all for all the support over the last year i know i mentioned the, the record label and the merch every episode but it is amazing how many of you support and i get messages from people who are like look i didn't particularly need a t-shirt or a mug or a dvd or a record or a jumper or whatever else but i listen to the podcast every week it's free and I wanted to kind of contribute, and I love that. That's dope. Um, I'm really excited about some of the merch I'll be launching in the new year. I've got this one thing that is something uh, me and the wonderful Mr. Heggie have been working on for a while, and uh, if we can make it as dope as we think we can, it's going to be it's going to be a hell of an item. But and I'm not going to tell you about that because we've not even put it into production yet. So let's get that right. Um, also, before we we kick off this episode, I wanted to. Obviously, the year's ended, so I've got the top 16 or the most popular episodes of 2017, and I wanted to to tell you all them. I posted it on social media. In fact, speaking of social media, I posted my um, my uh, New Year's message. If you didn't catch it, go and watch it. Um, it's a video. It'll be easy to find. It's a black and white video of me at the piano uh, wishing you all a happy new year. So go and enjoy that. That's a special thing for you. But the top 16 guests, number one was James McAvoy, which is really pleasing to me because he was the first guest I did a press junket for. In general, for years, I've turned down press junkets because you tend to only get 10 minutes and it's just churning out the same stuff. That's not anyone's fault, but it's going over the same stuff about only one film. And James was one that I'm enough of a fan that I wanted to give it a go and I said to him I'll only do it if I can get a 45 minutes and it went really well I think it was a really well executed it kind of made me have to be more prepped um anyway number two was Goldie which was a huge one because he's a wonderful guest and a huge one because that episode 
in fact, I won't say what happened in case you don't know, but that episode was reported on the TV news in Australia, in America, and in the UK, and all over Europe, I believe. It was in, I think, every newspaper in the UK reported on that episode. Um, so, yeah, that was quite a special one. Number three was Matt Willis from, from Busted, and that was a great one because we talked about the highlight of that for me was talking about his 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 battle with alcoholism in the past and how he's got over that. Um, next up was was Catherine Ryan, who was fantastic. She's just I've, I'm a big fan of her, and she's been one of the highlights of this year for me because that was a great podcast. But she's just been smashing on everything. Her stand up on Netflix was great, and then she's been on loads of of panel shows that I thoroughly enjoyed. As she, as she was on Frankie Boyle's end of year. Uh, roundup thing which i loved with other previous distraction pieces guest uh sarah pascoe and who else was on there i think there was no i think that was all the ones who were previous guests obviously frankie Boyle's a previous guest um number five i'll run through these a bit number five was james buckley number six was garth jennings that was a fantastic one number seven was rob parker another great one talking about addiction but from from pain pills from his days in in sport uh number Eight was Eddie Izzard. Number nine was Wim Hof. Number 10 was Ancilla van der Lees. And I was really pleased that that was in the top 10 because that was one of my favourite episodes and I didn't know how it'd go. But it's the only time I've had... I generally have a rule of no politicians, but I'd been trying to get Ancilla on for a while before she went into politics um, at the time of talking. And it was so eye-opening. It's a great one. Um, Number 11 was Susan Wacoma, who's just fantastic, amazing. I got to to go and chat with her in South London. Uh, number 12 was Russell Howard. Great episode and just an intelligent, articulate and lovely dude. Number, what number are we on? F- 13 was Polar Bear. I'm really glad that that was a high ranking one because Polar Bear is on speech development records. He's a dude I've known for years. I consider him one of my closest friends, even though we don't get to hang out loads. So that was a great one. Number 14 was was, was Michael Fassbender. That and Eddie Izzard um, and Armando Iannucci and um, S. Craig Zala were all ones that kind of come off the back of the James McAvoy one because they're all ones I did on press junkets. And James is the one that made me break that. And I think the Eddie Izzard and Fassbender ones are two of the best I've done. So the breaking of that was a big thing. Um, next up was Chewy Morgan, who was fantastic and I guessed on his podcast as well. And in... At number 16 was Gemma Kearney, um, which was a fantastic one too. So that's been the top 16. I'm going to stop rambling on now. I'll talk to you more in next week's episode or at the end, in fact. Also, uh, We Are Lizards, my club night is back on Saturday, January 27th at the Book Club, uh, joined by Don Letts, the, the living legend that is Don Letts. Um, so come on down to that. It's a fiver to get in. Uh, it's free before nine five or after so come and kick it with me um Stu and chris from the hardcore listing podcast discotech credits dj destruction and the legendary don let's i'll be djing in a rubber lizard mask so come so come and and, and wave at me let's get into this elena was amazingly w- w- welcoming and open i went and had a, ch- a chat with her in her hotel room in london and we talked about everything obviously she was one of the people that spoke out against harvey weinstein so some heavy some heavy conversation there but again 
having these open conversations is absolutely key. And she was wonderful about that. And she was obviously in Game of Thrones, which I adore. She was in Dread, which is one of my favourite films. So there was loads to talk about. I'll let us get into it now. See you at the end with more info. See you in a bit. that's what i like i like catching people it's it weirds people out because it's only this year i've started catching people on press runs because in general i prefer it when there isn't anything uh, to promote and on my uh, side of it as well i've started recording by the way i've done that casual podcaster thing of just Uh, jumping into it Um, but where like uh, this year i've had three trips to la to have meetings with casting directors but it's because there's not anything I want at the moment. And I'd rather meet them when I don't want anything f- from them. Yeah. And we're just having a discussion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Rather than, or even just that, that I know, I know that I'll be trying to tell them what they want, to show them what they want yeah. and things like that. And it's like, I don't want that. I want them to meet me. And then if something comes up, yeah, if something comes up that works, then we're a fit. I don't want to go in there going, I have to be who they want to, which is probably bad as an actor. I should be wanting to be what they want to be. That's kind of acting, no, isn't it? I but think you're very smart because then it takes you years to sort of think they can smell your desperation. Yeah, yeah. To be and do something. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fucker. And it's why like, everyone I know always talks about how the the, the, the coldness of LA and the, and the horribleness of it. I've had lovely times out there, but I realised that's because that's the reason. I've just been going out excited to meet the casting director who casted Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah. That's wicked. And things like that. I'm just there going, oh, I met some really nice people yeah. and they said nice stuff and I got a free glass of water. It was wicked. So <laughs> At the meeting on the 19th millionth floor. It is, I mean, it is. It's such a weird old, not old, but a weird city. Yeah. Desert. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a, a, a strange one, but that's it. I think it's, it's horrible and nasty if you want something from it it's that thing it's like a night out if you meet someone on a night out and you're buying them a drink because you want to buy them a drink yeah and you have a, ni- a nice night out either way if you yeah. buy them a drink because you want them to sleep with you then you're outraged <laughs> that they didn't sleep with you that was never an agreement that no. was never entered into by everyone that was but one-sided that's your own fault for it being a rubbish night out like i spent 100 quid and then i went over alone so <laughs> Well, that's on you. That's that not really on the night happened. out. That's not on. Yeah, I've, oh, I've got mates who have moaned to me and that kind of thing, and I'm always like, "I want to tell you, mate, you you chose <laughs> to do so that." Shocking and horrible. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I, was, I was I was talking to a friend of mine recently who was saying with nights out at a casino, um, is is Bashi, who's an actor I like. I just did a little film with, and he was saying his thing with casinos is he decides how much he's going to spend on enjoying his night and writes it off. Yeah. And then if you win or lose, it doesn't matter. He's saying, I'm taking 200 quid because I'm enjoying a night out with my mates. And then you don't have that, oh, I lost 200 quid tonight. It's like, no, that's how much my enjoyment that's costs. That's why I do in Sainsbury's. Yeah, yeah, I'm exactly. Only gonna, I'm only going to spend 200 Here's all I'm going to spend. Well, I should introduce you. I'm joined by Elena Heady. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And you're in London at the moment. You've been doing some voiceover Bits and stuff. It's yes. probably stuff you can't talk about, right? That's generally the normal. No, I can tell you. I'm doing some uh, Mercedes adverts. Oh, really? Yes. And how's that? Yeah, good fun. And then I'm off to do Trolls. 
Amazing. For, uh, Troll Hunters for Netflix. Right. Yeah. And what's Troll Hunters? Who's doing that? Is it Guillermo del Toro? Yes. So is it is it anything to do with the Troll Hunter film, or is it to do because it was the Troll film, which yes. is very different from Troll Hunter? Yes. Which Troll Hunters? What's no? It's a kids cartoon, it's a kids cartoon. series. Amazing. And so it's season two's coming out in December, I think. Awesome. Which we're in, and yeah, so I play the baddie. Amazing. And how's that? Do you enjoy it? Love it. Of, of voiceover stuff. Love. Lo- more than I think, because you'd have to go as hair and makeup. Yeah. You'd never really have to be in a studio before 10am. Yeah. So it's the opposite of filming. And you get to to mess about a lot. You just get to be a, a big budget, which I love. Yeah. And do you do a lot of them with... Because I know it varies. Do you do a lot of them with the full cast there, kind of all bouncing off each other? Is it general you turn up and do your bits? I think if you do a big you know, animated movie, yeah, yeah. which I'd love to do, yeah. if anyone's listening. Uh, and I think then when you're in the studio, you all sit together like shooting right, a film. Right, yeah, of course. Which is kind of great fun. Yeah. Uh, but the little cartoons, like I did Danger Mouse and stuff like that, you just yeah. go and do your own yeah, uh, stuff. Yeah. And they're always linked up by a camera, I think, so they can see you not being lazy. Yeah. They're so like, they can dump tell about. you're trying hard and yeah, doing if it you're properly. Like, mm, yeah. I love it. Be more animated. Yeah. And is that, has has that, or has there been more motivation to do stuff like that since you've had a family? Is that something that drives you in that, that direction? I remember yes. hearing a lot of people with comic book stuff. I remember Stephen Fryer with Harry Potter saying he did it because of his, his, his nieces and nephews. Well, would be nice hugely to show, excited to show your involved. children, you know, something where you're not having sex with your brother, for instance. Yeah, yeah. That's that's. I mean, there's a. You've done a lot of stuff that that they're not going to be able to watch for a while, and when they're old no. enough, probably won't want to watch. I don't think they should ever see that. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. So yeah, it must be nice to do bits that you can go. I mean, Danger Mouse. Well, I, I do, and then you show something. them, and then my son's like, "Yeah." Anyway, have you seen that red bit of Lego? Do you know? There's it. you can't impress them. I just went away with Bear Grylls for a couple of days, and um, thinking my son. You know, I was like, my son and my daughter will. My daughter, she'll think. Mummy does stuff that yeah, sort of men do in a lot of things. Do you know what I mean? That's all yeah, they yeah, see. Yeah. And, um, and I thought, Wiley's going to, you know, dig it because I don't hold a tarantula, but I hold a tarantula on a stick, which for me is a fucking massive thing. Right, I yeah. hate them. Yeah. And I show, I was so proud. And he literally couldn't give two shits. Yeah. Because it's not something that they've been taught should be scary yeah no it's not something well, they've been taught is a big deal so it's like he's a right. bug lunatic so he was like yeah, yeah. cool so like, you sit that was it it's like i would be cuddling that thing You're, no that's not no. that's not the point no. this is this is huge thing to overcome yeah that's a beautiful i think to, to see though right to see the 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 lack of inhibitions of children um yes a, a friend of mine who's who's a writer who, or no he does a lot of, of workshops now and he was saying hanging around with his children has helped him hugely because you can't be cool and you can't be the cool person or whatever else. You have to drop all all, all, all coolness and all inhibitions because yeah. they don't give a shit. And it's helped him then in performing with adults or doing other stuff because it's like, who cares? Yeah. I spent an hour with a bear on my head earlier just to make an idiot laugh. <laughs> um, so I don't mind about pretending to be a, like that old, be a tree and whatever else in, in workshops, it's, it opens them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my son at seven is already really embarrassed of me. Yeah. I'm like, I thought that happened. 
thought I had a few years left, but he's yeah. already a bit like, he does that thing, you know? You say something in front of his mates. Like, yeah. mm. I've, I've, I've not got any kids, but I've already given up the idea of, or realised that there's no point in trying to be a cool parent. I thought you were going to say trying to have children. No, no, that's worth trying, you're into it. <laughs> that's um, just a nightmare. I mean, the trying's the best bit, arguably. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> um, I, 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 yeah, I, the trying doesn't happen afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Just so well, we're you've all clear. done it. it. Succeeded. You don't need to do it again. Well done. Yeah. Job. J- j- job. Well, job well done. Just done. Ticked off the list. Yeah. Popped on a certificate. Never um, have to do that again. <laughs> I was. I was. I was at a festival with a Billy Bragg and his son. And Billy Bragg, particularly for someone growing up in Essex, is Billy Bragg. He's yes. an absolute legend. He's the coolest guy in the world. He's the first person I heard s- singing in my accent. Right. All oh, right. right. Well, so we can do that. It doesn't have to be Americans. And his son was so embarrassed of his dad and was just so kind of just like, oh, just leave me alone. Just wanted to be on his own and his, his, no. he was going to go. And it, I was like, right, so if Billy Bragg can't be a cool dad. And Billy was playing that festival in right. one of the main slots and still his still. son's like, oh, stop it, dad. Stop Shame. embarrassing me. So, yeah, it's not possible. No, boys are weird at certain ages. They just think, I just want to be away from you, but I still kind of need you forever. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah, there's still that dependence. Do you, do you uh, 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 this will be the first podcast in the new year, right? Um, and we're ending a year. Shit, it's been a weird one, right? For the for for women, for the acting industry, for everything else. But the kind of the thing that feels good to talk about at this point is, as we sit here now, uh, uh, this week, Time Time Magazine has just announced their Person of the Year yes. is, the, is the Silence Breakers, and it's the people who've spoken out. And you were one of those people that's spoken out in 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 horrific situations. So, l- l- looking back at the year at the moment, how do you feel about this year? Does it feel like a positive thing? Because obviously, it's everything that's gone on is horrific, yeah. but it's positive that it's being spoken about and brought to the forefront and being held accountable, right? <laughs> Yes. I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, it's about time. And the funny thing is, you know, I, I told my story, it's that strange thing of, you know, the brilliant kind of silence breakers that spoke out first and then Ocelot who went, oh my God, it wasn't just, yeah. you know, I had that realisation. I was like, that wasn't just me, which yeah. was extraordinary to me. It sort of blew my mind. I yeah. genuinely had no idea. Yeah. Even though everyone was like, everyone knew in the industry. I was like, I... I hand on heart didn't know. Yeah. But then I, I was speaking to a friend the other day who said, what about all these women in the industries that aren't, it's not being talked about, you know, who work day-to-day stuff that isn't like in the news all the time. Yeah. Cause it happens as we, it happens every day, everywhere, every job that goes on. That's what I was going to say in, 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 in every, every workplace. Every as well, workplace. In, there will be the boss in the office. There will be all these different things. So, I had someone ask on the podcast how I feel about why it's so prevalent in the acting industry. And I was like, I I don't necessarily think it's more prevalent. It's just everything in those areas are more in the public eye. Therefore, it's it's discussed and a bigger deal. And it's a a good thing because that then hopefully bleeds out to everyone. I think a lot of people say, well, how come everyone's speaking about it now? And it's like, as you said there, it's the realisation that it's not just you. I think there is a lot of the way society is built is there's a lot of shame of shame and yeah. keep it a secret. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, anything, I, anything that happens to you that is perceived to be your doing, your fault, your invitation, you carry a certain amount of guilt until 
somebody, whoever that person may be, says something, you know, yeah. and, and, and suddenly you feel that you're holding a hand and you're able to speak out. Yeah. So I, I think the sort of freedom and the space to do that more and more about everything is happening. Yeah, completely. But it's got a long way to go, of course. And, and then suddenly it seems as soon as it comes out, as soon as we talk about it, it then sort of becomes a joke as well, which yeah. I fucking hate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, completely. It, 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 it becomes a hot topic. And it's an interesting one because I think there's a... There's not an easy answer to the explanation for any of it, for the 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 the, the secrecy, the the privacy, and all these other things. But there's a lot of things that contribute to that. And someone I was watching, I went to see a screening of Lady Bird uh, this <gasps> Is week. Is it brilliant? It's amazing. Can't it's absolutely a, 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 a wonderful. And, and 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 Greta was doing a speech, a, a Q and A afterwards, and she was saying, not even on that subject, but more on the the push of, of women writers now is. As a young girl, yeah. girls are taught to write in a diary and keep it locked away and literally have a lock on the diary and keep it a yeah. secret and no one's allowed to read it. Whereas if boys write, they're kind of, you should write something, you should do a performance in yeah. front of the family, you should do this and do that. And that sounds overdramatic, but it's it's true. And that's a, that's a thing if, 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 if there's been brought up on a, a, a society of keep these things a secret and keep these yeah. things... Literally locked away. I remember keepers as a toy when I was a kid that girls had that were these little toys that that had a lock on them. Right, and it was to keep all your little secret things in That's and things like weird. that. Just toys that have got a, a lock on them in general. That's a weird thing. But yeah. diaries that have a lock on them and you keep them under your bed and they're hidden and it's all. Pri- it's it's a strange it's thing, also the right? Boys and that club, you yeah. know, versus. I mean, people still. And I, th- I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just, I don't know. It's interesting, you know, having ch- having a boy and a girl. Yeah. The immediate thing people say about my daughter, and I'm guilty of it too, going, she's so beautiful. Yeah. And when they say about, well, oh, he's funny, or he's brilliant at Lego. Yeah. And I'm like, that's sort of, we're born with those uh, comparisons. So yeah, boys completely. are always like, yeah, it's sort of great. And there's healthy. pressure on both of them. There's pressure on both yeah, of them pressures. in many ways, you know, but yeah. Women are sort of somehow made to compete from birth. Yeah. On, on the stuff that they can't control as well. Yes, on beauty, that's that, something that's completely. Gets, yeah. all, a lot of the male stuff. Well, if you train it or learn it, then yeah. you can get be- better at it. There's obviously people who are naturals at comedy or writing or whatever else, but still, there's skills that can be learned to an extent. Whereas yes. beauty, cosmetic advances aside, yeah. isn't necessarily something that you can learn or that you can no. train yourself. You can be comfortable with and you can learn yes. your own interpretation of beauty. But let's kind of address that or, or refer to that then more as the stereotypical definition of beauty or standard yeah. of beauty. But especially you know? in our, you know, this industry that I, I've been in for 25 years, you know, yeah. that, that sort of competition within levels of beauty it's really tragic do you know yeah. what i mean it's like you're not allowed you can't be a great character actress if you're pretty you're yeah. just not allowed to be it doesn't yeah. no one is prepared to accept that and um, by the same standards like well if you're n- not pretty you can't be this kind of leading sexy woman and i think yeah. that is changing thank fuck but yeah, I, it, it creates this sort of illness within women in the industry where you just compete against each other and that sort of plays into all of that weird misogyny that goes on so i think this has sort of really shifted everything into a different mode and the awareness of it is brilliant yeah and i think women are looking at each other very differently yeah and that's a good thing as well it's brilliant i i I think there is 
negative or there is a problem with tr- tribalism i think the more we divide into the girl group and the men group yeah it's a negative thing i think men should be as disgusted at the men who act badly as yeah. women are and things like that Do you know what i mean i think it, it should be more crossover but equally the more unity in any group is a better thing yeah. if, if it's not uh, again, it's a cliche to say there's more. I just mean recognizing we're recognizing but... each other as not as, and it doesn't separate the men. It doesn't yeah, at all. Completely. I think that's all the men that are like you know anti-feminism. It's the death of. It's not. It's just it inclusion. It's totally inclusion. Uh, have you seen the film uh, the, uh, the Red Pill? No. Uh, someone re- I recommended it to me, and it's it's a woman that made a film about feminism and ended up kind of being against some feminism but pro men's rights and. I really wanted to enjoy it, but it infuriated me as a film because it built f- false conflicts, in my right. opinion. It was saying how men have a higher rate of um, of suicide, which I've, I've worked with Calm for years, which is a charity that's about male suicide. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because they're in society, they have more pressures to be the, the bread provider and the man and the yeah. strong person. And that's true. But that fits in with feminism. Yes. Because if they... If there was more equality in jobs, they wouldn't have that pressure to be the man and the yeah. provider. It's like seeing that as a conference. And, and the argument there was like, well, how come men aren't getting as much attention as women going for? It's just like, you're you're making it. It should be the same thing. Yeah, yeah, People yeah. arguing for men's rights, 99% of the things that you have an issue, if you look at the things that are on the feminist yeah. kind of list... They match. We're like they that. complement we each other. Come a little bit it, yeah. in together and, and realize it's not a competition. Realizing that supporting women doesn't mean you're attacking lesser men. And, and yeah, exactly. Or yes. equality doesn't. Equality isn't taking from anyone. It's leveling. It's topping up. Yeah, yeah. Rather yeah. than 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 pouring out as such. There's that that um, documentary, that Netflix documentary about American men who were like, "Be a man." Yeah, yeah. Show your balls. Yeah. Grow some balls. You know, yeah. all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, and it's yeah. sort of, that's quite dodgy. And yet you do have to teach boys to be brave because some of them aren't born brave and yeah. aren't born, you know, my, sure. my, I keep referring to them because I know them the best. You know, my son's incredible and super sensitive yeah. and I encourage that. But also it's like, you've got to find some level of belief. Yeah, you know what I mean? Completely. And, and my daughter's sort of born with this strange bring it it's yeah. weird it's weird yeah so i'm it's like tempering the two of them slowly <laughs> to, to balance them out yeah i'm like come on <laughs> and down and up and stuff like that you need more confidence you need a little a less confidence you to, you're, you're really getting you out of control here yeah the phone at two to everyone <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i love it well i mean again as as someone who's spoken out and been at the forefront of this and been one of the people rightfully praised for bringing this to the front one of the concerns I've had in it, and I, I I hope you're clenching up and panicking now that I'm going to be, it's not fit, it's dangerous, it's hard to be a man at the moment. That's all bullshit. I hate all that Shut kind up. of, it's a tough time to be a man in the industry because you're all, no, 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 if you're a good man, it's not <laughs> yeah. tough. Yes. But the thing yes. that I've noticed is I think we need to get something all the current generations don't have is enough awareness and sensitivity to n- nuances. And the fact that things can be bad, but not as bad as other things. And that's not saying that they're good or acceptable. And with a lot of stuff that's coming out, yeah. with, for, for example, and I've, I've said this on, on one or two, I think uh, the Louis C.K. stuff, it makes my skin crawl. It's grim. It's creepy. It's unacceptable. 
but I also don't think it's as bad as some of the stuff that I've read that Weinstein has done or that Kevin Spacey has done. And there's 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 levels of nuances. So I think one thing that we have to be careful with is not just putting it all in one basket because I feel it it dilutes yes. some and tops up no, others. I, Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's really tricky. I mean, I and people feel him. that's a defence. It's not at all. I think no, completely no, I, I, I totally hear it. I totally hear yeah. it. I tweeted Lucy Hay just to call him out like that his apology, which yeah. didn't ever mention the word sorry. Mm was sort of extraordinary to me just to, right. and I wasn't going I wasn't on a massive rant about it it was just yeah. like I would call anyone out that was yeah. you know I, I just said a re- I, I was, was really sorry it was like it was fucking self-serving bollocks yeah. you know what I mean yeah that's interesting I didn't I didn't didn't notice that but that's a great point if it's written in that manner and there's not there's not the no, word sorry there was a lot of because again I don't think well, he's, I, I don't think he an open saying, letter apology is enough I think it's a good start but, but I don't think it's enough but saying but, the, the women were so in awe of me I just had to go there. Right, yeah. Is what he was saying. So it was thing. like, oh, oh, Louis, soz. Oh, how did you have to deal with that? Soz about yeah. all that control you had. Yeah. Like, I, you know. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Because, again, I can, I can completely agree there. But, again, there's there's levels. Of, I'm glad he said something or tried to make some step. If he just ignored it, as many have, then that would not be good either. But, yeah, yeah, again, it's such a complex area, isn't it, right? Yeah. It's a... But it's yeah. allowed to be a complex area. I also think because he's very funny, yeah. people don't want to say he's been a shitbag. Or a creepy prick, yeah. 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 It's quite interesting. You know, there are levels of like, well, he uh, is, but he's also really great. Uh, Do you know what I mean? Uh, Louis was one that I tweeted about. And I don't. I try not to talk about it much because I feel if I can't add anything personally, then it's just it's, it's self-serving. Do you know what I mean? I'm not involved in it. It's for me to say this is bad. But I tweeted about uh, Louis to say that it's unacceptable because I felt... It was important for me to do so because Louis is someone that I was a fan of. Yes. So it made well, it, me too, it me felt too. that because I'd tweeted at some point just saying what a piece of sh- shit wine scene was, I don't know him, easy target. Whereas when it's someone that I've watched a lot of, I felt I only did, 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 did one post about it, but it was like, look, I feel I have to say something because this is, again, it's different. You've let me down. This, this still needs to be said. It would be unfair of me yeah. to attack someone who. I don't give a fuck about Harvey Weinstein. He's clearly disgusting. Whereas I do care about uh, uh, Louis, so it's important to say, yeah, that sucks. Well, really I, mean, I just introduced a girlfriend of mine to his stand-up like yeah. two weeks before and she texted me, she went, oh, fucking hell. And I was like, and I'm so, I feel so responsible yeah. in a way. Yeah. I was like, you know, love what he does and I can separate that. Yeah. That it was, it was the it was the non-apology that yeah. just riled me. Yeah, I like in, that in public. That point though of the separation of stuff. I had, I had someone tweet me saying, "How do you feel about enjoying films that Weinstein was involved in now?" And I, my argument was, I feel almost a greater responsibility to do so because how can you tarnish everyone that worked really yeah. hard on that? Because some piece of shit has that's, got his name at a, the top yeah. of it, and that that was like, I, I don't think that's fair. I think. Um, R. Kelly is an example and Louis C.K. are examples of people that I think they're talented but I've no desire to enjoy their material at the moment yes that's that that's that's the, that's my choice and that's my position with whereas with Weinstein it's like well I'm not gonna it's it's more of an insult to let him ruin what all these people have worked well, on it gives him a bit more power doesn't it it's exactly, like you don't yeah. really want to do any more of that yeah it's weird well again we're not gonna talk about this the whole time. But one thing I wanted to discuss is how do you feel 
we can all act to make sure that this isn't just that was the big news story of 2017. Because as you said, as soon as something becomes in the public eye, it becomes this talking point. But we're really quick to move on from these talking points. And it can be uh, that the the hope would be that you returning to the Hollywood film industry in 2018, you're kind of returning to a different place than you were last year. Because so much has been exposed, so much has been said, so many scumbags have been identified and pulled down. And even those, if even those that haven't, should know that I don't know. They've they've had a clear sign that it's not acceptable. Yeah, so there should be real change, right? Yeah, do th- do you think, feel that's the case? Do, do you feel it's something that we can maintain rather than? As I said, my big fear was, oh, that'll be now. The, that was the talking point of two thousand and seventeen, and then a few years on, we'll forget about it and it's gone. I think I think it will. I think it will change yeah. for sure. I think because it is high profile, because everybody is allowed to have a voice yeah. in our industry, there's probably going to be a little bit more consciousness about it all. I don't, you know, you'd hope, you'd hope the behaviour would change. Yeah, yeah. But I think for some people it won't, you know, it won't. Yeah. But I think, but people will, will carry on talking. Yeah. That's the joyous thing. And then hopefully it will spread to other industries. Yeah, completely. And then that will change. Yeah. I think I think social media has played a big part in it as well because there's a lot of people that it feels like well people had been talking about it for a while but in closed c- circles yes. but not realizing that their closed circles are closed. But there's so also, there's as soon as it that. became this huge thing, it's like right now everyone can discuss it and it's, yes. it's out there, which feels again it feels like a, a beautiful warning shot to any of the people who've got that in their head. It's like, right, you're not going to get away with that no, shit anymore. No, somebody will say it's something. It's modern times. You yeah. Get, you can't get away with that. And that's, that's a good thing, right? You're fucked. Yeah, exactly. There's no there's no escaping this, guys. No escaping. But let's hope it just spreads to everywhere else where people aren't necessarily on the front of, you know, newspapers yeah. talking about it. It'd be great to give everybody a voice yeah. where it happens. Yeah. And it's kind of really hush, hush, dark. Yeah, completely. Well, I mean, uh, I do want to get on to, 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 to film and TV stuff because you've been in some some of my favourite things. Um, and one of them I'll, I'll mention now and we'll the talk cave. about it in a bit. No, <laughs> Dread is one of my favourite oh, films of all time. And I thought it was, I was one, I was looking when they were auctioning off the, 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 the costumes and stuff like that because I, I think it's absolutely amazing and underrated. And one of the first that used 3D cinematography rather than just 3D. Yes, but we was. will discuss that shortly. But before we do, I wanted to talk as well. You mentioned newspapers then and headlines, and not that I read newspapers, obviously. No, but I, I know Twitter. there's an area that you are passionate about that I that something's happened recently that I've been stunned that there hasn't been more news coverage of. But in all this Brexit furore and everything that's going on, it was almost ignored. I think it was on November 11th in November they they they've pushed through the choice to not transfer the EU ruling that animals have can feel pain mm-hmm. and are conscious sentient beings. So one of our changes of leaving the EU in our new British jurisdiction mm-hmm. is that animals can't feel pain. How is this not hugely... Why aren't there people in the streets arguing and being furious that someone on paper has written down, it has now been decided that animals can't feel pain? I could write down... <laughs> that all of them PMs can't feel pain mm-hmm. and then go and test that and you know, <laughs> see, see how that works. We but should test that. It's, it's amazing, right, that, that stuff like that can be 
they push through. And I know you've done some animal rights activism yes. and stuff in the past. And yes. It's, it's mind-blowing to me. I mean, I think it'll be addressed. I think everyone's just sort of bewildered right now about yeah. everything, aren't they? So it that's, just yet, that's yet so another sort of level of insanity that's happening. Yeah. And, uh, do you know what I mean? Who, I, don't, I don't fucking know what we're doing. I mean, I really don't. It's like, no. who... I feel like suddenly we could do that. Island could just write, we're all actually just on a big arc. Yeah. Like, that wouldn't surprise yeah. me now. Like, that's yeah. been the plan all along. I don't know. Yeah. It's bizarre, it's isn't it, that we mental. live in this, this little world where... Like, we're genuinely a country in flux and have been mm. for a long time because we quite don't... a nice way of saying We don't know what the Brexit stuff is. No one knows is, what it means And no they? one does. And everyone on the news always says, <laughs> if we did go back on it, but Which no one actually could. talks about going back. I know I said we could no. go back on it, but no one actually, because again, no. it's a bit, again, I... There's no moving forward and I'm, there's no going backwards. I'm, I'm one of the few people... All we know is that animals don't feel pain. Exactly. And, and and that's the kind of stuff that scares me. And the thing, the reason I was against, I'm one of the people that I, I want Brexit to go through because I think we, we're, we're, we're stupid enough to vote for it and we need to live through our... That's how we learn. You know, I think it's something that should never have been put in the public's hands because you don't ask your kids to choose what projects that you should do in the next four years because oh, no, they're not going to know <laughs> you know you know you you, you, you ask do you know what you said that i thought actually i will that's yeah quite you should that's, that's, a, that's a better way to do it yeah, yeah here's here's the choice it's been, do you know what i mean it's, it's it's a weird one and i feel yeah i don't know we, well, there was so much demand of the public of we should have a say in this like so what's it about i don't know but we should have a say in it. No, but we get all that money back. And that's a big thing now because of social media and because of all these other things that we all feel, I, this is an odd one, but I feel t- 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 TED Talks are partly to blame for it because it's that opinion that everyone has to have an important and valid opinion on, on everything. On everything. And, and we don't. We don't. We've got uh, our opinions on our areas of expertise are hugely valid, but... Mine are quite narrow there, but yeah. Same, same. It's why I've turned down th- three or four different TED Talks, because I've said, oh, you can come and talk about something. I've got nothing oh, of importance to say, which is weird from someone who's done a podcast every week for th- three years now. But still, it's like I've, I don't feel I've got anything I can give it's this great importance tricky. to. Yet we all have that from a, a Facebook update to whatever else. But also we're all else. asked to speak on things as well, yeah. and then you think, I have to have an opinion, like I have yeah. to say something. When, like you say, you're not necessarily qualified. A Brexit, right? That we were like told that we should have an opinion of it. Yes. Therefore, everyone had an opinion on it when not even the people who Some were people experts. Some people have got really, really great do. opinions on it. Yeah. They? Some wonderful opinions when you're in, on it. In a cab. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. And and Trump's another example of that. Of of, of all the people who had a great opinion on him, and then his tax reform is going through and screwing over the bulk of the people who. Wanted him to him. make America great yeah, again. Yeah, because they believed, they believed he was going to save them from yeah. fucking a dire existence. Yeah. It's madness. Uh, at least she's handsome. Yeah. Well, there you go. There's that. Um, uh, uh, let's uh, talk about acting and, and your career. Was was acting always something that you were planning to do and wanted to do? Was that what you were, as a kid, were you, uh, uh, were you your son or your daughter? Were you the confident one or the more quiet and sensitive bit one? Bit both. Bit of both. Robbers. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to do it. I mm. just, you know, it wasn't really an attainable thing. Yeah. You know, I'm from a little village in Yorkshire and my dad was like, well, you're going to have to go to school, eh? 
and university and then maybe 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 drama school and then maybe you know and I was like no I'm gonna do it yeah and then right time right place at 17 I got an offer and then I started working from 17 it was insane you know but I've but until Thrones I was just in this you know doing what we all do which is going to auditions trying not to smell of desperation for certain jobs you know and just making it work you know that's the funny thing everyone's like oh you've made it you've made it you've made it and it's like there was years before that I feel incredibly lucky to have had this moment the the thing that I find quite fascinating about uh, this industry and coming from music where there's kind of more control is is the the submission of control of you don't you do a project and you don't know if it's going to be a good project you can go and do your best and do it amazing and it can feel at the time amazing and when it comes out it could be Bullshit. Or Don't vice versa. You could have one that's like, that was a horrible few months, really conflict constantly. Yes. But something in there pulled out this amazing this amazing piece. So yeah. it's a weird industry for that and a weird world of that. But that's I think that takes a long time to sort of grasp or or surrender to. Do you know what I yeah. mean? It's it's hard because you if you think on different levels of visuals or, you know, just writing and story and all that stuff it's quite hard to just be an actor i don't mean yeah. like just be an actor but you you do have to just give it all up yeah, and, yeah. and enjoy the journey and think exactly i have fuck all control if they use that tape where i thought fucking nailed that do you know yeah. what i mean then you turn up and it's not in but there's like other you never ever know yeah. and i think that takes a while to stop feeling disappointed yeah. because you thought you were in control of it and you really have Completely. fuck all to do with that and when you can give that control up it's, it's liberating, yeah, right? Because if you're busy, then the reality is, by the time that film comes out, you can't particularly remember uh, what the best take was. Or what, no. Do you know what I mean? You've, you've moved on because you've done another project and another project. Yes. But it's kind of, it's just there now. So that's got to be a nice thing in, in many ways to not have that. It must be hard for a director or editor or whoever else to have that to start it and then continue to to be focused on that for for months and months when you get to go and go here it is I'll yeah, see you later like a big puke yeah and then yeah, you're like yeah. on to the next here's everything goodbye yeah 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 I love that so what was were there jobs along the way that made you question <laughs> that career path hmm. and were there jobs that made you go no this is right I'm doing I'm doing the right thing or was it always no this is what I do now this is it. I can't do anything else. It's a bit like the old TED Talks. Yeah. Uh, I, I, this is all I know. I really, I mean, I, you know, achieved fuck all at school and I have no qualifications. Yeah. So what I've learnt yeah. over 25 years now is, uh, you know, I now feel qualified to start producing and yeah. start directing and doing all those things yeah. that I've been interested in for 10, 20 years. So that's sort of where I'd like to head into it's a beautiful thing i love the um if you've got something to fall back on you're likely to fall back outlook of that where it's like you had nothing else to if act is all you know then acting is what you're going to be doing and and your career is a great example of that because again there is stuff i want to talk about uh, along the way but let's get to thrones because that's the biggest tv show of all time and you're one of the main characters in the biggest TV show of all time. Um, but even then, you were one of the few kind of established actors involved in it. I had um, 
John Bradley on. And yeah. it was mad to hear. It was like, it was my first gig. I know. It was like, it's, it's literally, it he's out so, of acting school. So it's like, and so many people's first It was their first gig. And yep. then you would have done tens of things that you're like, when you get the casting, you're like, this is going to be the one. And then it turns out it doesn't work or one series happens, it doesn't click or whatever else. So you could never know. And then Thrones comes along and... Did you feel at the time that this is the one? No. 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 I mean, honestly, because we shot the pilot in a really low budget. Yeah. In a sort of freezing cold hall in the middle of Scotland in the Highlands. Amazing. And I think all of us were like, what? What are we doing? What the fuck is this? Do you know what I mean? Uh, and it was out of nowhere as well, because again, people forget that whilst there's a lot of, of fantasy type stuff now, there wasn't at that point. We yeah, were in exactly. the midst of... Well, we all, yeah, but we all laughed at this sort of genre. Yeah. People were like, so not cool, do you know yeah, what I mean? To yeah. even go I guess near that genre. Lord of the Rings and that had happened, but still, that was Lord of the Rings. It was, it was, it felt like it was its own little thing. It didn't yes. feel like that's a. And it's sort of that sort of Lord of the Rings sort of had that a bit of earthiness, which, which Thrones sort of manages to have. And yeah. it's that thing, you know, it could be. And I, I do always ask every time we do this here, I'm like, can we do a camp take? Because the. You know, the Joan Crawford in me is like, it's so ripe for that. Yeah. And they're like, we haven't got the time lean. I'm like, no, I've been asking for like eight years. Yeah. <laughs> to sort of rein yeah. that in. Yeah. You know, because we're talking about dragons and grumpkins and, you yeah. know what I mean? Master of coin and raven. It's like, it's bonkers. So you've got to sit in a real seat of reality. Yeah. To make it what people see it to be and what people love about it and what people, you know, recognise in it. Yeah. It's a, it's a funny old thing, man. And that's the beauty of it. I, 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 one of my favourite things, because I became a fan l- l- late. I, two Christmases ago, I watched, I think, the first five series just in a row. And I, I'd, I'd come out of a relationship. <laughs> I lot. knew that was coming. It was, it was a tough Christmas. Um, <laughs> but I really enjoyed it. There was loads of dragons and sex. <laughs> Best Christmas ever. Um, but there was a podcast that I, was, I, I listened to, the Joe Rogan podcast, and, and Brendan Schaub is a guy on a podcast called The Fighting the Kid. And they were all into it, except for this guy, Brendan, who's an ex-UFC fighter. Right. And he just kept saying, is there dragons? I'm cool. I don't need to watch it. I'm all good, thanks. And then following their podcast, and now he's the biggest fan of it, and he's got boots he wears that he's like, he refers to as his Game of Thrones boots because they've got a big buckle on, and things like that. It's like, I love that. that there, there can be that outlook of, or as you said there, it is silly. It's a silly idea. It's, it's a, a silly, silly thing idea. that you're making. You've spent... Eight years or however many it is on something very silly. Yes. But it's wonderful. It's, you know, it's, it's wonderful in, in what actually happens. On, it shouldn't be as wonderful well, as it is Well, it's our job. That's sort of like the perfect example of this job. Like you said earlier, yeah. we just get to play. Do you know what I mean? Which is yeah. that it, it is. I mean, I take it incre- I take the silliness really seriously. I yeah. like to find the truth in everything. Like yeah. I, I, I'm such a fucking nerd about it. And yet you're right. It's the most perfect example of how ridiculous it is. Yeah. And yet. It really works yeah. for some yeah. reason. And generally, it really works. And I can imagine that as a tough one as as an actor because as, as some of the topics addressed, like, I mean, we've joked about the incest part, but it's an integral part to your character and the story and it's mm. really weird and not many series have gone into that kind of weirdness, but Odd. it's had good points and low points. You know what I mean? It's, there's been points where there's genuine affection and beauty and there's been points where it's manic and hideous. But equally, uh, yeah, just tons of really challenging storylines that you'll have to have got yourself into a really serious place in and really 
delve quite deep, and mm. then on the next page, it's and then the dragon comes, um, and, and then yeah, yeah. and it's like that must be a hard one to to get those performances in many ways, and to get that seriousness out, and to not just go for a kitsch take because yeah, the realism in it is very real, and I mean the prime example of the whole show, I think, is is the shame storyline that you did. That yeah. was heart-wrenching and powerful and, you know, a real emotional piece in this silly dragon show. How was that to kind of, to bring something like that into the forefront and into the, again, it's, I was going to say into the real world, but but into this world that's been built? Um, I mean, it was that, that the walk of shame was always what I knew was going to happen to Cersei. Like, I didn't know beyond that point when I met David and Dan years ago, they were like, this is where she starts and that's where oh, she wow. ends. So that, so that was the only storyline I sort of knew. Right. That's fascinating. And that, because they took their time to get to it as well. Which yeah. Is beautifully so. Yeah. And I, so I was always excited to, I always knew there was a giant fall coming for Cersei. Yeah. And, and also, you know, we spoke about this the other day on set. We did a whole chat about eight seasons about yeah. it which was really sad, actually. I was like, oh, and then I suddenly realised, fuck, this has been eight years of my life. It's going to be done. I'm not going back. So to make that little piece there was just this accumulation of all of her denial and all of her sort of desperate moves and her her one mistake, Cersei's sort of one mistake. She's always like, I'll fucking show everybody that I'm right about everything. And... She's got, there's a sort of child in Cersei that's very cross and doesn't want to listen to anybody because her dad was a shit. Yeah. So that's sort of where I sit with her a lot of the time. Yeah. And it's it's wonderful as well because it really, it showed by taking a fictionally villainous character that you can go to all these extremes of what a despicable villainous human this is. And then managed to elicit an emotion of sympathy for, for that character. Yeah. That's that's huge. And it, it, I think, again, not to get over the top, but it's important in in, 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 in in reality to use that example of look how evil this person is, but still there's stuff that people shouldn't have to go through and yeah. shouldn't be put through. To, to manage to get... If you'd said three seasons in that you, you're going to be feeling sorry on for Cersei side. at some point. You'd be like, no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't be stupid. And then you're cheering her on to, to take to take power again, essentially. It's like, yeah. that's, that's amazing. And that's that's important because we are in a world now where we like things to be black and white of, of, of good guys and villains. Yes. But it's not as simple as that. Everyone no. is capable of either, in my opinion. Everyone yes. is capable of Dark great and beauty and great horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're always on, on the verge of that. And I think that, again, not to overread into it I, th- I don't think I am overreading into it but that really is told beautifully uh, with Cersei's arc and her kind of her, her rise and fall and rise again yeah I mean she's you know she's enjoyably complex and uh, what I liked about the Walk of Shame is she sort of breaks right at the end just as she's going into the home and she's coming back to Kyburn and, and the mountain yeah. she's like <gasps> she can fall for a minute but it lasts very it's very brief yeah. her sorrow because yeah. immediately she's like right Right, it's on. Someone's gonna fucking die. Yeah, yeah. And that's her. Th- she just, she just keeps going. Do you yeah. know what I mean? She's not gonna lay down for anybody. Is it? Is it? A, 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 do you feel you had a great? Did you know her character when you started on the project? I said, if you, if you knew the the arc and yeah. the story, or do you feel it's a character that 
you've just got to know more and more as 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 the years and seasons the go years. on. They do again. It's it's crazy to have a project. No, it's bonkers. It is bonkers. Nuts, it? I'm yeah. fucking. I feel ancient now. It's hilarious. I look back. We were all looking at pictures the other day. We were like, oh my gosh, ruined us. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> we're so youthful. Um, but yes, I think I've got to know her more, and I think yeah. I've sort of become more confident in in my work just generally as an actor throughout the series and i think because it's been consistent yeah with one character so you've been able to go different places but also you know i try and make her funny sometimes you know yeah. within that sort of yeah without making her camp yeah 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 yeah. she has got a great sense of humor so yeah. seeing all the shit she fucking lives through all the like all the things she's been through do you know what i mean and she's still standing yeah is it is it scary or exciting that that is coming to an end because in one on one side that's a huge part of your life that's been people you've worked with for a long long time yeah but I equally like there's a there's a there's a freedom now because again when you are are locked into a series it is tough to i think do endings are always exciting and always scary aren't they yeah. and, I, and it's the longest commitment i've ever made to anything it's been eight years yeah and and, I, and so it's quite lib- there's a liberation about it and you're definitely getting to come out I would imagine feeling in a higher position than when you came in, right? Because you've you've come in as you said, you felt that you were going from gig to gig at points, and or had been doing yeah. it a long time, and then you come into Thrones, and now you're coming out again. As I mean, as one of the few people who's been in there the whole run yeah. as well, yeah. You know, so d- d- does that feel excited in that you're like, well, what's next now? Now. I can yeah. pick a bit more. I can, as you were saying, if you wanted to direct or produce or write or any of these things, Thrones has kind of put you in a position to make that a far more realistic, you know. Yeah, people let you indoors. Wish, yeah, exactly. A bit easier. Yeah. And listen to you. Do you know what I mean? You get yeah. taken a bit, you know, it's all bollocks. Yeah, Because you, you go yeah. in and they kind of listen. It's weird. It's a weird place to be in. Yeah. Because of the show. Yeah. People will sit with you. Yeah. It's wonderful in that I will be able to make my own stuff, yeah. which thrills me. Yeah, that's great. So, so that's exciting. So what is ahead in in that respect? Do you do you is it immediate that you're wishing to make your own stuff as such, or are you, you have you been sitting there looking at? Oh, I'd love to be involved in that, or I'd love. Do you know what I mean? Are there projects that you'd love to jump in on that are already existing, or is it more? Man, I'm going to start some new things. That yeah, new things, new yeah. things. Um, That's great. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we've got a couple of uh, couple of bits in the works for Lovely. later next year, which is really exciting. Yeah. W- uh, when do you f- finish up on on June. Thrones? June, because it's. I think they've just announced it's going to be in 2019 now, isn't it? That it actually is. Did someone yeah. say that? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think yeah. it is. So there's. So you'll get to wrap then and have some time of going. Oh. Yeah. It's over, and now what's next? Yeah, that weird... I think it's that straight, isn't it? It's like human beings always think, oh, fuck, I want, I want it to be done or whatever. And then... Yeah. We always want the other side of something. It's, yeah. It's why we're so tortured, I think. Completely. You can be in the best so uh, like, thing freedom, in the world. And... But then I think the door will shut, and you think, oh, fuck. They've, they've locked me out. I need Shit. to get back in there. Um, I left my keys. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, don't I don't like it. Um, well, I mean, I've, I've, I've rambled on, on loads, and we're getting close to the arrow mark and I wanted to talk about um, to the Band of Gold because what a series that was that's that's a gen- genuinely that's one that goes down as British in yeah. people forget about it and as soon as you mention it like, oh my god that was amazing it was yeah. only a few seasons long but 
It was a hell of a series. It was brilliant. I mean, Samantha Morton, I think that's sort of where she began. She was so fucking great in that. She was just entrancing. Yeah. What an amazing yeah. performer. Mesmerising. Yeah. And the writing was great, and it was sort of a bit of a groundbreaker. There weren't a lot of shows that had strong, strong, or a strong ensemble cast of women yeah. at that point. There might be, here's the strong woman, or things like that, but there was a lot of different characters Identified and layers. Identified as a strong woman, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's fucking it was crazy. loads of layers, and yeah, it was a, it was a great a, it was a, a great series. But what I do, again, the 300, there's loads of really Can good stuff. Can I say stuff, that, um, Pip, when I, I lost my passport, I lose passports all the time. Brilliant. And burst of everything. And I had to take... A, band of gold annual to the passport office because I had no ID. Amazing. <laughs> and I had to open the page and put it and it was just this is... me dressed in leather with a <laughs> nose ring. And I was like, honestly, have you ever seen it? Thank God she'd seen it. So she gave me a... But I was like, what the fuck do I take? I've got nothing. I've nothing that says who I am. That's the absolute best. I've, I've had the weird thing and I've never also, had it was to called do an it. annual. That's how old that yeah, was. Yeah, that's proper that. But I've had the weird thing of, obviously I perform as Scroobius Pip. I act as Scroobius Pip. I've been Scroobius Pip. Even when I worked on a record store, everyone knew me as Pip. It's more a nickname than anything else. But I've had points before where I'm like, oh, they've put me on the list as Scroobius Pip. I've not got any ID that says that. <laughs> it's like, how much of a dick am I going to look if I bring up my Wikipedia page? <laughs> <laughs> um, look, here we go. Uh, this, is, this is I haven't yet, but I'm, oh, I'm I've had ones before. I'm like, I'm going to... Ha- I'm going to have to. It's going to be out of my hand. If they won't let me in, then I'm Video's going to coming have out. to. I had, I had a meeting at one of the studios in, in LA, and then the big one, like where it's a casting in the actual studio, yeah. you walk across these lots Did of Did you that. get the car park fear in LA? Yeah. Where you, it's, you just turn up in the car park, and then you have there. to go from somewhere oh, and horrible. all this. And that was the one where I was like, oh, shit. They just give you a I map don't know and draw a line as. on it, don't yeah. they? Like a maze. Yeah, completely. I was like, I don't know why I'm down as. I'm like, I've not got any ID that says Scroobius Pip. Well, I can have... That was the last time I had that feeling. It didn't happen. They'd, they'd put me down as David Meads, which was, you know, annoying and good. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I, I, I want to talk a, a, a little bit about Dread because I thought it was fantastic and I thought... I'm a big comic book fan. I go and yeah. see all the comic book movies, even the shit ones... Yeah. And I was ready for Dread not to blow me away. The original Judge Dread film wasn't great. And then that came out and it blew me away. I thought the the writing and the story was amazing. I think possibly it may be... I've always... Me and my mate Chris have discussed what it's, it's suffered from. Because it should have been the biggest <laughs> of the horror. The villain was amazing. Um, <laughs> the only thing I could come up with was it came out just after the raid that had a yeah, similar no, it, story. It, yeah. And they were made... They, that no way people could have known that was a story in Dread yes. in, in, in the comic book so I no one ripped anyone actually. off but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like they had similar stories so that might have affected but how was that it was it was just, was such an amazing uh, uh, film for me and as I said one of the first films I was on the fence about this whole 3D malarkey it felt like a gimmick and that was the first film where they used it to shoot things beautifully and the yeah. 3D was used it made me think of a lot of Japanese cinematography and stuff like that and it was amazing. The 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 main the drug used by Mama and yeah. dealt by Mama was an amazing tool for cinematography. It could and even more so in three D, raindrops just falling down in slow yeah, motion and falling out of it? the screen at you made it a beautiful thing. It wasn't just look at this. Yeah, it's flying past your head. It yeah. was these slow motion beautiful bits of. Wow, yeah, it made you feel like you were in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So how was that to, to, to work on? Because it was. 
It was a weird one because it's a comic book, but it's not attached to any of the big houses as such. Therefore, no. you don't know if it's going to be a big thing or a small thing or whatever else. It just felt like an, in, you know, it was, and it? Yeah. it felt like we we're making an Indian and the cinematographer, Anthony Don Mansell, who's a fucking genius, yeah. is a genius. Yeah. Uh, I think that's why it was so extraordinary is he, it, he's an amazing man to just hang out with. Yeah. And his work is, is beautiful. And I think they kind of made this little, he looked like a Ghostbuster, like this little kind of backpack camera that had yeah. some three-way mirror in it that right. they shot some of the slow motion 3D wow. on, which was, I don't know. I mean, it was, I hate 3D movies. Yeah, yeah. Hate them. And yeah. I loved that. I lo- love that about Dread. So it's quite poetic and all that slow-mo yeah. stuff. Couldn't agree more. It's, it's, like it's a ride. Like, I'm, I'm a big proponent of the cinema in, in g- g- general because I think that's the place to see films. Yes. Even as a film fan you'll glance at your phone at home or you'll, you'll, you'll notice something that needs tidy enough or there'll be a knock at the door. It was in the cinema, you're lost in there. And that was one that I just fought so hard for. I was like, it, it'll be good to watch at home. It's a great film, yeah. story-wise, pacing-wise, everything else, but it's a different experience. Yeah, it was quite in the immersive, cinema, the Because it was thing. so immersive in 3D. Yeah. And yeah, that was great. So, so how was it as one to work on, though? Because it was, you, you're in, I guess you've done... Similar trains, but you were very much in a fictional world, and they built the kind of mega, mega city one type yeah. tower blocks and all that. Everyone looked very futuristic. How was that? As a did, did that in a way make it easier to kind of go right? I'm I'm clearly in, in, to to switch into character. If you know what I mean? Because you're in such a you're having to suspend such disbelief as soon as you walk on yeah. set in the morning. Well, it was. I mean, it was futuristic, but it felt because it was so grotty. It just felt like a broken, like we could be in whoever knows, you know. Yeah. Um, So it it just felt, you know, to go, I like to go against things sometimes. So you're expecting this kind of big dude gangster, but she was really just a broken, dead being. And and, and that's what I thought was so great about the performance is it made her terrifying without... Yelling. Any any extremity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, it's that, that thing of if, if you want people to listen, talk quieter. Yeah, so they have to so be they quiet lean in. And, pay, and lean in and pay attention. And yeah. that's, that's the vibe I got off your your. Yeah, I thought it was important was, for her to be what we perceive men to be, some yeah. sort of men baddies, yeah, yeah, without yeah, yeah. some sort of swaggering yeah. sexuality or any of that. But just, just, the reality is the lead male baddie is rarely the big muscly guy that's always the henchman or whatever else yes. and, and things like that so so why would you expect the, the female but lead to be this tend tough... to be kind of sexy you know yeah. seductive and I wanted her to just be fucking dead yeah and cold and waiting, terrifying just waiting for someone to bring it yeah quietly I love it right well I mean I'll I'll wrap things up up there as we're at the hour mark and I, I know we've got got a limited time but what's with everything that's ahead, is there is the motivation to do your own unemployment thing? and drought? Dr- exactly, is the motivation to, to, to do your own projects motivated at all by family life? And 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 the more control you've got over your work life, the more control you've got over your family life, right? Or does it not? Well, you think that? I think yeah. we all like to think, but it's you know, I still have to go away. Yeah, of course, of course. And again, I guess the more you take on. The more control-wise you take on, the more it is anyway. If yeah. you're plugging into someone it's, it's else's project most... as such, you go away for a few weeks, that's yes. it. Whereas and if, they go, can you come for If you days? go away for a few weeks and then you come back and you're having to check emails about it and, and watch 
Yeah, well, you're, you know, I've got this project that I'm I'm so excited about, and it's a book uh, I got the rights three years ago oh, wow. to it, and it's been in development since, and it's it's such a beautiful story, and yeah. um, we've taken our time finding the right people to kind of bring it to life, and yeah. and already I'm kind of married to it, and yeah. I love being a mum so much. I also love when I find things that I'm passionate about work-wise. So finding mm-hmm. that, th- not feeling guilty, yeah. is so, is impossible. Yeah. And sort of you're ch- getting your, leaving your children to have their own lives as well. Do you know what I mean? Not disrupting all of their mates and their stuff they do because yeah. you're doing what you do. It's really, yeah. hard. it's like, what do you do? I don't know. Is yeah. it better to do that or just leave them to it and do your thing and come back? I don't know. I can't, I'm never going to figure that out. Yeah. It's just one that has to be t- t- tackled each each gig at a time yeah right? and then you and think I'll oh, just be a mum and then no no because I have to do st- I have to make stuff it's yeah. in my fingers I can't I'd go mad if not and that's inspirational for children to see and, and watch right if you're just just sitting at home uh, being mum oh, uh, again admittedly they're ignoring it at this point and being like I don't give a shit about you touching a tarantula no good luck to you but ultimately as, as what's a, for tea as an inspiration there of we're meant to teach our kids that they can strive for anything and achieve anything. So if as soon as you become mum as such, yeah. you stop striving for things, then that's not a good example no. to lead anyway, right? No, it's good to... Yes, exactly. It's good for them to see you. You have to go out and you and you work, you know, you work. But it's yeah. it's also that strange thing I always say to my mum. It's not until you sort of hit 35, 40, you realise what your parents did, sacrificed... Yeah. It's really not. You just yeah. don't fucking get it. Yeah. So I just assume, as as we were saying b- before we started, you have have the illusion that grown ups exist, and there's yeah, this no. thing where they know what's going on, and then you get. I remember I said I think I'm it like was when I hit about thirty that I was like, wiper. I don't. Yeah, I don't really know what's going on yet. Still, I still feel like a child, but secretly. Oh my god! Nighttime's terrifying when everyone's in bed. And you're like, oh. It's all up to me again in the morning. Yeah, I get that fucking fear. Amazing. That's that's terrifying. It is um, terrifying. Well, f- from I am going to wrap up. I promise. But um, from the excitement of creating a, your own things, is there the excitement? Because I think from what I've seen of this industry, one of the great things is that whether a gig's it's good or fickle. bad, you, <laughs> or, 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 or whether or a gig's just... good or bad, you get to work and meet new people and new creative people. Have you felt that that's kind of, you've been collecting people in the back of your head along the way that you know are great at this or great at that. Therefore, when you've got a project that you want to bring to life yourself, you've got the guy I worked with on this or the the woman who worked on that is amazing. And this person, I I always remember talking to Stevie Graham on on the project he's doing now. And in fact, when he did Baldwell Empire, that he'd worked with Scorsese and Scorsese had always said, I'm going to use you again. And it was literally 15 years later, we just got a phone call out of the blue and said, can you play Al Capone? And it's like, that's 15 years later. And Stevie in his head has assumed that he worked with Scorsese and he's forgotten Don't. about it. It's yeah, like, yeah. no, it's always been there. And this is an industry where projects do take 15 years to ever see the light of day. Yeah, but when yeah. it comes round... It's your turn. I've had you in mind. You can't really ever forget Stevie Graham, to be no, fair. No, of course, exactly. Uh, but yeah, it's that thing of it takes a fucking long time yeah. to get it going. And yeah, you meet, you know, all kinds of people who do every kind of job and you just think, fuck, it'd be so exciting to to do your own thing with them. Yeah. Beg them to do it. 
beg them to be involved. Yeah, for ultimately and, no cash. And engage. But that's, that. again, that's, that's the beauty of this industry as well, is that are working on Taboo and working on Walk Like a Panther as well were, were both things that the answer of yes came from pretty much everyone b- before their agents discussed the money yeah. and everything else. Because it was just, yeah, I want to work with them. This sounds cool. I like this project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the good thing about the industry is when those things can still exist. And I think that's got to be becoming more and more of a thing now with the freedom of the internet and social media and whatever yeah. else. It's not as locked down by these big studios and they're the only ones who can make things happen. There seems to be a lot more now where creatives can have the power to go, no, we're going to make this happen. Yeah, or, but like great. you say, people that go make, what was the great movie on the iPhone? Like, yeah, yeah, uh, Tangerine. Yeah. and Amazing film. But people want, you know, they ca- they're they the counter to the big studio films, which sound fucking great. And you're like, yeah, and you get well paid and the trailer's wicked and the snacks are awesome. Yeah. But there's not a huge amount completely of stimulation and joy and satisfaction and creativity and fucking adventure. So you do the little things and they give you that. They give you what you're really after, which yeah. is that feeling. Yeah. I love it. Black and white. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. Well, thank you very much for, 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 for sparing your time. It's you're been an absolute welcome. pleasure and I look forward to seeing... If anyone survives Game of Thrones in the end, um, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and and all that's ahead. And if the dragons were just a dream. Yeah, it was all just an illusion. <laughs> Danny gets out of a shower. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you, Pip. You've been listening to Scrooge Pit's Discretion Pieces. There we go, that was Lena Heady. Fantastic, right? Uh, huge thanks for her for um, allowing me to kick off the year. So strong. That's the first guest of the year and it's it's a strong one and we're keeping on that strength because next week we've got Paloma Faith who, you know, her, her album came out at the end of last year and went straight to number one. So that's massive and exciting. And Paloma is one of my oldest friends as well. I've I've known Paloma for a good 10 years now. Um, she was in I Beat My Heart Skipped, a music video, which is my, my second single. So we've known each other a long time. So that's a great chat. Yeah, I won't say much more. Thank you all for tuning in. Hope you've all okay with going back to work and, and getting through this, this post-New Year a New Year's Eve um, slump, and uh, I'll see you all next week. Ta-ta.